Hello and welcome back to the Poorly Written Podcast, the only podcast where Florida is considered its own sovereign nation to Europeans. My name is Zach and I am joined today by two people that I know very well. One of them is Sarah, you know, as well as as well as me. Wow, we're getting off to a great start. Say hi, Sarah. Hi. And we are joined by Justin Krause of the Generation Zen Podcast. Justin, thank you for coming on. Ah, no problem, Zach. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's crazy times and stuff, so I'm glad you're able to come on and everything. But, you know, we all know each other through Oswego, so, you know. Yeah, no, we're we're really good friends, and, uh, you know, you did so much for me in my time in Oswego, and I appreciate it, and it's awesome to come on your show. Yeah, no, it's fine. We're great to have you on, you know. Like, I've just been toying with it forever, and I'm like, how am I going to fit Justin in? Because there's so much of Justin that, like, it's not going to be, like, a one- episode deal so i'm hoping to have you back before well we'll see what we'll see where this goes and then we'll decide from there yeah yeah i appreciate it thanks so much so today's episode is pretty interesting today we're talking about travel but not just any sort of travel international traveling that's what we're talking about today leaving the united states of america to go to some other country why because that's the point and we're going to be talking about that today. But before we get into the overview for the show, just a reminder that we are now on iHeartRadio, which has been declared the number one platform for podcasting. Gotta say, pretty cool. We're on there on iHeartRadio. If you haven't listened to us on there, you can check us out on the app or go online and, re- and search the Poorly Written Podcast. Or if you are listening on iHeartRadio, we thank you for those listens and we hope you enjoy this episode. But anyways, moving on. The overview of today's show is like, first of all, why are we talking about this? What makes us want to travel in the first place? And some tips and advice on traveling if you're new to traveling outside the United States. Secondly, we're going to talk about where have we gone internationally? Why did we go there? How was it? How did we get there? And all sorts of other stuff from our experiences. We've all been able to go to different parts of the world. And finally, where do we want to go in the future? What's a dream destination or dream vacation with either maybe we go by ourselves, maybe we go with like another person, or we go with a group of people? So I want to kick things off with uh, what makes us want to travel in the first place. Now, I know we have our different reasons and stuff for wanting to go and travel i mean we we'll explain it later like how we got onto these trips but i'll let you guys start it off on why you guys what makes you guys want to travel um i like travel because it's just fun to see like a different part of the world it's fun to see a different culture and i i think it like it makes you happy it makes me happy because you know it's like i love living in New York City, but sometimes, like, you want to break from it. You want to break from whatever you're, however you live, just because, you know, you want to experience something new. So I like to travel for that reason. Um, a lot of my family lives all around the world. A lot of them are in Europe. Um, a lot of them are in the Mediterranean. So it's a good way also to, you know, see family that I don't get to see because about half of my family lives in the U.S. Half of them lives in Europe. That's a pretty good point you brought up because you like to travel but you also travel because your family's not all within the United States. No, definitely not in my family. Where are they over in Europe? I know you said Uh, I don't need like an actual like physical address. Just give us a country. (laughs) Uh, Well, one uh, works for the CDC, but they are in Ukraine right now. That's where they got stationed. A lot of them, a lot of them live in Greece. We have a few in Israel and then they're just scattered because, you know, uh, in Europe, like a lot of the times, like if you live in one country, a lot of times you'll move to another. So it's interesting. Um, But uh. Yeah, um, Israel, Ukraine, Greece, that's like the big ones in my family. That's a, that's a pretty good range right there. I mean, it's all in like the eastern parts of the yeah. European border, so. And then a lot of them like to go to Italy. Like, my dad used to live in Italy. Okay, that's something I did not know, but the more you know. I mean, we already think that your dad is a Russian spy, so we have a lot of, we have a lot of questions. 
Yeah, he speaks he speaks a little Italian and a little French, you know. Ah, wee oui, wee. Oui. Yeah. <laughs> he literally might be a spy. This is He might actually be a spy. Yeah. We'll we'll discuss this later. That's not on topic. Uh Justin, what makes you want to travel? Uh well, part of the reason I travel nowadays, um, well, you know, pre COVID nineteen was uh for work actually. Um so a lot of my trips lately have been because uh, there's been a project where I have to where I have to be somewhere um, away from home. Um, but prior to that, though, like I do have some family who live in Europe, uh, a couple of my cousins that I, I visited in 2015. So that's been fun. Um, so it's it's either mostly been for work or you know to see them. I don't honestly I don't do a whole lot of traveling, um, you know, on my on my free time. But I, I do enjoy and I do definitely like looking at the different cultures and experiencing different things and just experiencing um, things that we don't normally get to see in the United States. I think that's a good answer. That seems to be a common theme. And then definitely for me too, like definitely seeing things that you don't normally get to see within the USA because, you know, the United States is a very large country, but... There's only so much you can go and travel to within the United States before it's like, okay, this is this. Some of it might be getting a little redundant in some ways, but yeah, exactly. Like, you know, there's so many different States. Like, I mean, I still want to visit the United States a lot. Um, eventually when the time, time is there for it to see, you know, the different States, more of California and things like that. But I definitely like experiencing other people's cultures and, um, you know, See, seeing seeing different situations than what's than what I'm normally experiencing. Yeah, because uh, we've all lived in New York. I mean, Justin, you're in New Jersey now, and there you. I think you mentioned to me before, outside of this, that there's been some uh, stark differences between New York and New Jersey. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's funny because I have a friend who lives in South Jersey. And she has a completely different accent than me, and she's only like an hour away. So it's funny that you see, because she's closer to Philly, so you hear people, you know, even just not too far away from us have, have different accents across the country. Um, and you start, you start to notice different things, how they say things, how they, what they talk about different things, even though we're in the same place. So that that's also kind of cool, too. That's a, that's a really good point that you brought up, because that was something I heard when I went over to Europe. Is that I'll get into this more later, but just kind of as a preview, like the people there were very surprised that there was like accents of the United States. So, yeah. So like they're very surprised. It's like, what do you mean you have a New York accent? You sound American. And I'm like, well, if a guy from Texas oh, wow. was sitting next to me, you could have sworn he's from a completely different country if he didn't know what the United States was. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, if you... uh see a lot of war, read, read a lot about like the world war ii and world war one stuff um how that was the first time because traveling was such a really for the first time ever was such like a mainstream thing that you'd have people experience in the country you know different different cultures from like from texas to new york to kentucky to california to wherever and have different access and stuff i, I find that to be very interesting even in like Upstate New York, there's different accents. Like, there's very clear different accents. Like, I have an accent when you compare me to someone who's in Buffalo, per se. So, like, there, there's differences in even the upstate New York accents. Um, in New York City, in the boroughs, there are also different accents, too. So, like, people from New York City will know if what borough you're from. Like, with me, I try very hard not to do it occasionally i'll drop an r when i'm talking and you know J jacob lewis who's <laughs> on the podcast he when he catches it he goes in he likes oh, to make because it's similar to a boston but if you go to like brooklyn it's a very sing-songy accent so okay. it's kind of a thing and then queens has its own thing going on and manhattan has its own thing going on manhattan's kind of more like you know posh a little bit <laughs> a little bit more posh yeah i do notice that when yeah. I, I just, I'm not able to pin it, but I'm like, I know you're from the city. I just don't know what borough, but sometimes they'll say something. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's definitely Bronx. Yeah. It's a, it's a guessing game, but the second you hear an R drop, you know, it's the Bronx. Yeah. I usually 
get mixed up for a Canadian with my accent. It's very weird. Like, even over in Ireland, someone's like, oh, what province of Canada you're from? Uh, and I'm like, uh, New York. <laughs> it, it, it's just, it's such a silly thing, but, you know, accents are kind of a big part of it, too. So, before we get into the next topic, do we have any, like, advice for new travelers? People who are, like, starting to think about traveling internationally? I mean, we're in COVID still. No one's really going to go anywhere. But anybody who's thinking about traveling within the next year or two, do we have any advice for those people? I mean, I would say if you're going to another country where it's not your first language, um, you know, maybe study a little bit. Um, be patient uh, with yourselves and also with the people who are trying to help you. A lot of times overseas they do speak English, but, you know... Um, it's not their first language. It's like when we speak something that's, it's like when I speak Spanish, it's not my first language. So I go, I have to go slower, you know, go slow, be patient, take your time with yourself, take your time with the people helping you so you could have the best vacation possible. Um, you know, it's always good to have a book on hand, like a dictionary. If you don't speak the language, I'm lucky. I was lucky enough where I was with people who spoke English and Greek. So translation, was easier for me but i i always recommend having uh, a translation dictionary with you just a handy little book just in case just in case because it, it works out it's just, it's your little oh shit book i don't know what this means oh shit what what does it mean where do i start <laughs> or if you're trying to get directions you just point to a word saying do you know what this is <laughs> yeah. hey i'm looking for a big red building <laughs> something yeah, like, like that like, know a few phrases, like, know, like, do you know where a bathroom is? Um, do you know where, do you know how to get to, like, this house? Like, know, like, fr like certain phrases, like, that are going to pertain to you during the trip. All right. Uh, Justin, do you have anything to piggyback off that? Uh, well, on my trip, I used Google Translate a lot. It ended up being really helpful. Um, you know, just you were able to, it wasn't always 100% accurate, but it was close enough where you can type things in and, and get a good enough answer. Um, one thing that we did too that I was lucky is we had uh, two of our coworkers there. Um, were able to kind of show us around, help us out, um, translate things, give us recommendations and stuff. Um, so even though we weren't like on the weekends, we weren't always around them. Uh, on the weekdays when we were when we were going to restaurants and walking around and things like that, they were they were really helpful. Um, so I would say even if you could, you know, if you know someone who lives there who could kind of guide you around. Uh, that definitely helped us out for sure. That's definitely a good point to bring out too. And I'll, again, I'll talk about this later, but like the first country I went to was like an English big, it was a base, it was an English speaking country. So there wasn't any like languages I needed to learn or anything. Just, you know, speak more, uh, speak more articulately when you speak to people so they understand you better. Is there anything else that people should know about when they travel to certain places or just traveling in general? Um, well, it depends on where you travel, but sometimes uh, it's good to check uh, if you need to get any shots before you travel to certain places. It's always good to check, um, depending on where you're traveling. I know some countries, they require you to get certain shots before you go, so maybe look into that. I know Australia, you actually have to um, get a visa to travel there. Um you can't just go to Australia. It, it's not long. They generally approve it pretty quickly, but I know that. Um, so some countries, you know, you can't just go travel there. There's other things you need. Um, That's a fair point. But, fair point. Yeah. So, I mean, check those things. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Justin, anything else you want to add? I would say, you know, before you go somewhere, kind of look up what's around the area so you know what to do for a day. Like, you know, for example, for me, like my time was kind of limited. So I had to make sure that I hit everything that I wanted to see when I was there. So kind of plan your days ahead and and before you start going on a trip, kind of kind of plan out what you, what you definitely want to see because you're not going to be able to see everything. And there's going to be a lot of stuff you, you're going to miss. But definitely like hit home uh, or, or look up – some things online that you definitely want to see how far it is from where you're staying. Um, you know, how far is it going to get to get there? How far is it going to get back and look up places to eat? And so, so you'll know what you like and stuff. 
Um, so I would just say, like, do a little research before you, you go somewhere so you have an idea what you want to do. That's a really good point to end up to is, like, do your homework is basically this part of it. Now, I do yep, wanna, exactly. <laughs> now, I do want to shift gears and get into where have we gone internationally and why did we go and how was it and all the experiences and stuff that we can really think of. Justin, I want you to go first because you were the only person in this episode right now who went to a completely different part of the world. So I'm going to let you take it away and just kind of run through the story of you going to the great land of Japan. Sure. Yeah. So uh, it was kind of funny just randomly one day, you know, it was another day of work and I got an email from, um, you know, management saying that there's an upcoming project that, uh, you know, that, that is happening in Japan that's going on in December. Would you be interested in going? I said, yeah, absolutely. I think that'd be, that'd be really fun. And, and from there, I, you know, things kind of escalated and I got put on the project and I went from uh, early December to uh, the end of December. We came back just a couple of days before New Year's. Um, and it was, it was really cool. It was, it was a really exciting, exciting time. It was something that I never thought I'd be doing, especially since I was, um, you know, so, so new to the industry and stuff like that. It was, uh, it was an awesome, awesome work trip. So can't really, I'm not going to say what the project really was, but I will say it was like, uh, you know, a, a event space with, um, production, uh, video production stuff. And I was there for three weeks helping, helping to get the place up and running with their equipment and, um, you know, their, their, their control rooms and things like that. So I got to work with all kinds of different vendors. Uh, I got to work with the uh, local uh, Japanese sub subcontractors that were there um, helping out. So it was really cool because we got to not only just like see the culture around them, but but be directly there and like kind of see like a day in the, you know, it was not like a typical office space, but kind of see like a day in the life of what it's like to work in that environment because it's, it's totally different the way they do meetings to the way they – you know, orchestrate themselves in public to the way they take lunch, to the way they go home. It's, it's all totally different. So being part of that for about three weeks was, was a really cool experience. Uh, and I, I, and I enjoyed it so much. It was a definitely a, a lot of work, but it was, it was one of the most rewarding things I've, I've done for sure in my life. Um, when we were finished and one of the things that I really loved is there was this one guy I was working with and even though he didn't speak very much English and obviously I didn't know Japanese at all, we work so well together and we were able to use Google translate and, you know, kind of do hand signals and stuff to communicate. And we ended up becoming like really, really, I guess you could say friends, but like really, really, we worked excellent together and we were able to find all kinds of problems and things like that. And even though we didn't speak the same language and, you know, it was two completely different cultures, you know, people are people and we were able to, to get along really well and, you know, Work, work together and, and accomplish something really great. So that that to me was was awesome. Um, what else? Um, what else? What else did you want to know? That I, was just kind of like the that background was, of it. Uh, yeah, that's what I. That's exactly what I wanted. It was kind of like a you know just a general overview. Like you you know like you can go into much detail as you wanted to or not. But I think it was really great because I remember you announcing it on social media saying you were going to be in Japan for three weeks working on said project and i thought that was fantastic because i don't know a lot of people who go over towards japan for anything let alone hey your job sending you over there to go do some work i think that's fantastic yeah it was it was really it was really something special for sure because you know regardless of what the reason was or whatever you know not many people have that opportunity to do something like that in their career and i'm only just new to it so to be given that chance it was great and and the guys who I worked with in our office because we, we have a small office uh, over there. And the guys I was able to work with there were just some of the most nicest, friendliest, uh, welcoming people. They were so appreciative that we were there. And, you know, we were there for Christmas and they were really nice and they, they were able to give us like a, 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 you know, a United States traditional Christmas dinner, which is unheard of over there, where there was turkey and potatoes and all kinds of stuff. It was really kind and, and, they they really try to treat us treat us well over there, and uh, of course my favorite part though like we were there on the weekends so we got to um, do all kinds of fun stuff like for me um, 
we got to see uh, uh, me and my coworker. We we um, hung out a lot there. We we were at a samurai museum uh, one day. Then we went to one of the the, the parks that were there. Um, we were working in the city of Shibuya, by the way. I'm allowed to say that, but we were we okay. were in neighboring neighboring cities and stuff. Uh, so we got to see the Shibuya Crossing, of course. That was pretty cool, um, and it was it was really really fun that we were able to see all kinds of different like you know a- a- entertainment there that that we love in the United States. That's from Japan. Like uh, for example, I'm a, I'm a huge huge One Piece fan, so we got huge. to go to uh, that's an One understatement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so we got to go to the um, the One Piece Tokyo Tower, which was incredible. Uh, it was a whole like amusement park just of One Piece. It was amazing, and uh, it was me and 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 uh, the coworker who traveled with me and my other coworker who lives in Japan. Uh, we were there for the day for for well, you know, that was one of the things we did that day, and it was it was so fun. They had a blast too, and then we got to go to the uh, Pokemon uh, Pokemon centers to you know get all the plushies and the statues and take pictures and stuff that was fun then we got to go to um uh the the, the district akihabara which has a bunch of uh collectible shops and models and figurines and stuff video games so you know even though we were working we still had a great time on the weekends and we got to see a lot of do things uh it was also cool I, I got to see um star wars there even though the movie wasn't that great um it was still really <laughs> cool to see it was still really cool to see uh you know a uh, 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 I don't know, like a um, an American movie, I guess you could say, in uh, a different country to see how they react and what they think about it, and they're just as passionate fans of of the series as we are here. So, so that was really cool too, um, to be to be in a packed, super super packed theater and see so many people in, enjoy enjoy a piece of culture together. The hardest part is like you don't just drive to the movie theater because. The thing is, like everything, at least in you know Shibuya and and um, where I forgot the neighboring city where I stayed in, uh, what it was called. Um, um, I'll look it up in a second. I'll, I'll remember. <laughs> but um, I, I forgot. It's been a while. No, but yeah. Lying. So like even even the neighboring areas like that, um, you know, it, everything is packed into to like this one big building, and it's not like a, a tower like New York City where you walk in. And it's like okay, there's thir- you know thirty three floors or forty plus floors. You know exactly what floor you're going to. It's like a dome, and it's like I don't know. It, it's very it's very complicated to get around. It's very complicated design. And one of the things that was interesting that I didn't even know actually until uh, one of my coworkers told me was that people in Japan they don't act like all the taxi drivers. They don't actually, even since the, their early days of driving, they always need a map to get around because even they, there's no clear road signs, there's no street signs, there's no anything like that. So they always have to use a GPS or a map to navigate. And so everything to, to find, like unless you're there all the time, it gets confusing. I mean, even just to find the movie theater, I mean, there was it was really complicated just to even get there because it was just like, okay, go all the way up here to, and then that, that's the building. It's like, yeah, I go straight then you got to make a right then you go go circle around the dome it's so it gets it gets confusing um you gotta so that was the main it. difference it wasn't just like <laughs> okay i'm driving amc it was like okay now i gotta find where this thing is so it, it that sounds, was probably the biggest difference it sounds like japan has a very much uh you gotta work for it kind of thing <laughs> definitely definitely i mean you know some things obviously easy like the tokyo tower or the mall or something but even then it's like to find the specific thing you want in the mall gets can get tricky gets a little complicated um i want to know how were the people there treating you i mean you said they were really friendly and stuff but you know we they we... were wonderful they were so put it this way like i got to work uh with like i mentioned i mentioned one of the guys there um and i mentioned my coworkers, but everyone there was just super nice i mean they 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 love telling how like i really liked their culture and i was asking questions um, and they liked how I was really into like even Nintendo and stuff like that. Cause they found out I liked Nintendo and they kept asking like, Oh, what's it like to play Nintendo games over in America and stuff like that? Like, what was it like growing, growing the area, uh, area, uh, you know, in the era of the Wii back when we were, when, when that was a thing. So <laughs> hearing, hearing that and, and hearing them talk about that was really, was really cool and interesting. Um, so they were, they were super nice people to me. I couldn't be more appreciative of what they did. And they even gave me some like, uh, one piece souvenirs because they have an uh the the other company that we work with there has an office and they get to do all kinds of cool projects for like uh, animation studios and stuff for um 
you know, for, for their for their edit bays and things. So they were able to get me some like cool one piece souvenirs to take home that I still have. Like I got a couple glasses, uh, and I also have a, a really cool uh, a Zoro statue that they gave me. So they gave me all kinds of cool stuff, and they were just super nice and and really appreciative and um, just just really really great hardworking people, and it was awesome. That's great. That's fantastic to get here because, um, you know, uh, we don't – I mean, I know you don't and I know I don't. We try not to be like the typical American tourist or anything. I mean, you were there on business, so you had to, like, represent not only yourself and the the country but also, like, represent your work too because next thing you know, they could contract to someone else and that would be bad. Yeah, it was definitely – again, it was interesting because – you know, I was still at the time. I was still new to the company, and, and what I was what what I was doing previously, like work wise, was different than what I was on that project before. Not that I wasn't, you know, qualified or anything like that. It's not like that at all. But like, you know, just by the work that I was doing before was a little different. So, you know, I, I'm used to just you know going up, doing a thing, and 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 going home or whatever. But this is like, okay, now there's meetings. Now, um, you know, we got we got to plan things out, talk about what we're doing and stuff like that. So that that was definitely interesting for sure. Um, and then let alone doing that in a, in a different culture with different people and all these different groups and, and other companies of companies and stuff like that was very, was, it was challenging, but it was something that I really appreciated because there's so many different people, so many different cultures, so many different ways of doing things. Um, and to, to be a part of that was really cool. And I think that's really cool. Uh, Sarah, do you have any more, do you have any questions you want to ask Justin about Japan? Uh, no, I mean, I guess one, just because I'm from a city, like, I know, like, the public transportation over there is, like, really, really good, um, from what I've heard. Does that hold true, or, because when I travel, I, I tend to use the public transportation, because I really want to, like, feel like I'm there, like, I'm trying to take in all I can. Sarah is immediately asking about public transportation. She's trying to square up with Japan and their public transportation. Versus the city. <laughs> That's the first time I heard you say someone else is better at public transportation versus NYC. So, uh, I, I <laughs> Justin, uh, can you answer that one for us? Yeah, well, definitely in the, in the city areas, having a car is a luxury. So most people there actually don't have cars. And if you do, like... You like there's all kinds of crazy things you have to do. People don't realize if you if you live in the city, unless you live in the, the, the outskirts, which we weren't at, uh, or like the countryside, like which is to the north and south of Tokyo. Most people, like, mo I mean, most people, like probably more than eighty percent, just do not have cars, and, and even just on to drive on the highway is like the tolls are like seventy five U.S. dollars, Ooh. like literally get a get on a toll yeah so having a car is a very luxury luxurious experience um if you live in the city area so the way people get around is public transportation and it is definitely extremely complicated like i'm not gonna lie i i, I there was one one day where me and my co-worker did did do separate things it was one day you know because like anything like you need a break from each other sometimes we were there right. for three weeks so we, we took uh, on one weekend uh we did take a break from each other i wanted to do one thing he wanted to do another and I did take public transportation by myself on the train and it was confusing. Like it definitely was really, really confusing, but thankfully due to the Olympics, they did make things easier. Like they put a little grid up, like so showing what stop you're on on all the trains. And, uh -huh. um, you know, they, they made it very clear where you're supposed to go, um, for, for that. But definitely like there were times when we're, where when we went to that restaurant for Christmas dinner, like we definitely had to follow our, our coworkers because we're like, we had no idea where we're going. It was definitely confusing. Um, but I have to say though, cause I did take a bus from the hotel to the, uh, to the, to the job site. It was only a couple, a quick bus ride. And it was very simple. Um, I thought it'd be difficult, but once you got used to it, it, it became really, really easy. And once you know what stop you're on, uh, my coworkers take me, yep, take this bus and stop, you know, here and here. Uh, oh, Ropungi, that's where I stayed. I just remembered I was at Ropungi. <laughs> um, that's that's the um, neighboring town from Shibuya. That's I stayed I stayed there. And um you know, so so the public transportation was really good, it was reliable, and it's funny because if the trains are are, are one minute late, not even twenty seconds late, they have to issue a public apology 
to every single company in in the uh, in the in the Tokyo area, apologizing that we made your employees twenty seconds late. Wow, it's crazy. That, so like not like here where if like you know New York or New Jersey Transit, it's always late. So if it's late, you know <laughs> it is what it is. But over there, if it's late, they're like really they take shame. It's it's crazy. It's it's really well. It's modern, and I wish we had stuff like that over here. To be honest. That's a good way to kind of end that. I was going to ask you what was the interesting thing was, but I think you just kind of nailed it with that one. And I'm like, any sort of lateness, they have to issue an apology. But if you go down to yeah, New York City crazy. and you're late, they're like, I don't know what to tell you. And it's like, great. Oh, yes. Yeah. Subways are late all the time. Trains are late all the time. I know because I, I take them quite often. Well, I, I did take them quite often before this started. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely, definitely crazy that it's always on time. And even just on a weekend when you're just, you know, hanging out, it's you, you could always depend on it, yeah, and stuff running. That's fantastic. Um, even, and, the, and there's always taxis around too, like they're expensive. Um, I only took them a handful of times, but the taxis are, are another good way to get around as well. Um, and they're they're all over, so awesome, fantastic. Um, I'm gonna actually move on to Sarah and her experience traveling to Greece and stuff before I uh, get into mine. So, Sarah, if you want to just kind of do like a quick overview or going to how much detail that you feel is necessary about going to Greece because I know that trip is different for you compared to like our trips between me and Justin uh yeah definitely for me it's a excited added element of I go to see family when I go to Greece um I don't think we've ever I think we might have mentioned this on the podcast my dad is not from America he uh, immigrated to Greece and um, uh, immigrated. He immigrated from Greece um, to um, Virginia, and then he moved to New York. Um, so that's why we go. Um, when we went to Greece at the time, my grandparents and sadly they've both passed away by now, but they uh, were living in Greece at the time, and they had this apartment. So we didn't stay at a hotel when we went to Greece. We um, stayed with them. Um, when we went to Greece, uh, we went to we stayed in Athens, which is where my father was born. But of course, if you're going to Greece, you're going to go to neighboring islands. Like we went to like the big one we went to was Santorini, um, which is gorgeous. I think if you could explore the Greek islands, you definitely should. Um, things we did in Greece, you know, um, I rode a donkey. I was very young, so <laughs> I rode a donkey. You laugh, but but. Uh, <sighs> I, I mean, I laugh, but, you know, but that that's something that you would remember as a kid is that you rode a donkey. Um, at the, we went to the beach a lot, and at the beach they had this really fun trampoline thing that I did where I was doing backflips on a trampoline, like, that's... and you were on, like, a, a harness, so you were going really high, which I remember. Ooh. They had, like, a water park, like, at the beach, like, a, I remember that. A uh, big thing I remember, though, is we walked on, like, this red beach. Like, the sand was red. I remember that so clearly. And we have photos of that. Don't confuse it with the Red Sea in Israel, though. They're they're different. You can go into this ocean and you're right. not going to. Two uh, different burn. things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could see the confusion. And then uh, a big thing that I remember, this is just, you, you can't not remember this, is we walked on an active volcano. Oh, yeah, it was. It hadn't like exploded or anything, but it was still technically. It was still active. It could. Oh, you made it. Active. You made it sound like it was exploding all at the same time. Oh. And then the the tour guide's like, "Yeah, today's a good day to go walk on that." It, it was active though. It could have <laughs> if it was feeling a little, you know, randy. It could have, but you got to like look down into the volcano. It was really cool. I remember that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for me, a lot, and we did like a mini kind of cruise thing and we i heard my dad yelling greek and that's fun my dad does speak greek but he you generally won't hear him if you ask him he'll do it but he generally he, he speaks other languages but he'll generally stick it to english so it was funny when his family would speak to him in greek and he would respond in english which is how a lot of our family interactions just go, like, like the movies <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happens, but they just keep responding because they both know the other language they just feel more comfortable speaking in uh like Greek or English, but they both speak, but they both speak the language, so they know what's going on. Um, but for me, a lot of the time when I go to Greece, it's it's fun because a lot of times it's like a big family trip. Uh, I haven't been to Greece in a few years. The last time my father has been to Greece, there were two very sad occasions. Uh, my grandparents passed away, and he had to go um, 
and do their funerals and bury them. So I want to go back to Greece just to go see their um, their graves because I, I haven't seen their graves yet, which is you know, really sad. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's why I would want to go back. I, I'll 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 go back within like the next five years. That's the plan. Next five years. If Sarah's not Greece in Greece within the next five years, I will pull this episode up to haunt you. <laughs> yeah. um, we have that. I, I don't doubt it. <laughs> Um, you know, Greece is very interesting because it has a lot of ancient history and stuff. I mean, with, between the Spartans and the Athenians and Greek oh, mythology yeah. and stuff. Uh-huh. So when, like, when people say, when people know that, like, you've been to Greece and stuff, do they really ask you about, like, the, the mythology or anything? They do, and I have been to some of those places. I, we went to, like, I remember we saw something with this. We went to, like, Sparta, I think, and saw something with the Spartans. My mom's a historian, which is good context for this, I I would guess. Um, so it helps. And then, and then um, we went to the Parthenon, and there's a photo of me there, which is, you know, really fun. Um, people do ask about it, and, you know, I've read the Odyssey and the Iliad, and so I, I do know about it, so it's fun to talk about. Right. Uh, fun, fun thing with my family is my dad speaks modern Greek and can read it, right? Right. And my mom reads Greek. And they're two very, very different languages. Okay. So they, so they can't understand, like, when it's funny, because she can do ancient, he can do modern, but they're nowhere similar. So it was kind of a useless thing for her to have when she went over there. That's a so, very good point bring up actually because i didn't even think about the language differences between ancient greece and modern greek i didn't even know there was such a such a difference to the point where if you're speaking one it might not be the right one depending on the situation yeah so it's always it's always funny we always tease them about that but yeah no i i say definitely go do some of the touristy stuff in greece anywhere do some touristy stuff but i'm a big proponent on when you're on vacation don't just do touristy stuff um i know this is in america but when you came to new york city zach and you stayed with me i i gave you like a day of touristy stuff and then yeah. I said, we're not touristy stuff anymore like i was pretty sh- i was like, you're pretty you're sh- super strict you're like look if we're near we'll do the tourist trap but that's it that that's it like if we have to be in the neighborhood we have to be within like two blocks and we were, and I was like, yeah. you know what, but now, and it but was a fun night. That was, a, that was a fun night, but, um. But my family took you everywhere else because, and it goes for international travel too. If you really want to see a place and understand it, you can't just do the touristy stuff because then that's catered to you. You're never really going to see the place for what it's meant to be. Right. Um, how is, how are the people of Greece? We asked Justin how the people of Japan are towards you how are they towards you knowing that you're american oh do you get treated differently because your dad knows greek and he's from greece a little yeah it helps it helps if you have someone who speaks the language you know it helps that people knew who my family was but you know people in greece just as as a start are lovely um and just you can Culturally, compared to Americans, they're very much, they're very laid back. They're And it's the same with parenting. Like, if you would go to a restaurant in America, you would never see the kids, like, running around in the restaurant, right? If we're just going to take that as an example. But in Greece, you'll see them running around and having fun, and there's a lot of outdoor dining. You don't really eat till, like, between 8 and 10. Sometimes you'll stay out later to, like, I've stayed out till, like, 2 a.m. with my family when we go to, like, greek areas in the city because you you would you wouldn't really eat till like maybe 10 ish and then you would go walk and get dessert and you would just have coffee and you would talk so it's it's very laid back it's more family oriented i would say and you can definitely see that in the culture even if you're not family they'll treat you like family um whereas in america you're kind of more like i would say a bit guarded uh when when people travel but they're lovely they'll help I think it's lucky for me that I've heard enough Greek accents in my life, though. Or when they're speaking English to me, I can generally get it on the first try. Which definitely helps when you're traveling. Because most people in Greece actually do speak English, so it kind of works out nicely. But um, I speak some words 
and then you know i also understand greek accents very well so it's very helpful and they're there's it's such a fun place to go and the people make it you know just so great when you go over greek food is the bomb Ooh. when you eat food in greek greek food in greece oh oh my god like my dad cooks greek food and it's really really good but when you go to greece and have greek food oh it's really good so it sounds like go to greece and eat the local cuisine. Do not find a Greek McDonald's and think that's local cuisine. They do have Kit Kat ice cream in Greece, though. That's pretty good. Okay, I will eat Kit Kat ice cream. That actually sounds really good. Yeah, my dad sent me a photo when he was there for his father's funeral. Like, he did step out and get some Kit Kat ice cream. I was a little jealous, but I think he needed it more than I did, I think, at that point. It's it's the little things. Little things. Little things. He went to France. He had a layover there. Yeah. He, was, he was like that definitely helped alright so I think we're good on Greece no, nothing else nobody else has anything else we want to hear about Ireland now oh you you already jumped ahead alright so for my international experience I had the privilege of traveling all the way to Ireland but I we didn't stay any days in Dublin we literally just came into Dublin went to our place in Waterford and then flew out of Dublin. That was it. That's all we used Dublin for. And the reason I went on this trip was because of a... Well, Justin knows this professor too. But, you know, we have... I was taking this course with our professor. And then he mentioned that they were doing the uh, sports traveling course next during the spring. And then I saw the Ireland sports traveling course for study abroad for 10 days. And I figured, you know... Might as well go. It's within the range. I could get most of it covered through financial aid. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. Let's do it. And that's how I was able to go. And we went for 10 days. We stayed in Waterford, Ireland. So we didn't spend any days in Dublin, like I said before, between traveling into Dublin and flying in and then flying out. That was basically it. Like, that's all we stayed there for in Dublin was just, like, layover time or just coming in. For the Ireland trip, it was based around sports, culture, history. So, it was a mix between, like, sports history and sociology. And it was a really cool trip because we literally went across all of Ireland. And for context, Ireland is roughly about the same size as the state of Indiana. And... We were able to travel all over the country and stuff. It, from one side to the other, it took about three and a half hours to travel from like the east coast of Ireland to the west coast of Ireland. But we were there to study hurling, which is a traditional Irish sport. And I must say, it is pretty violent compared to our American sports. People complain about American football being too violent. And I'm like, well, there are more violent things out there. And we also got to go see landmark landmarks. We got to go see the Jameson Distillery, the Blarney Castle. Saw the Blarney Stone. I didn't kiss it because I am definitely afraid of heights. And people think I'm like it's not that bad. I'm like no, seriously, you're pretty well up there. You're very much up there when you're up into the Blarney. It, it it's pretty tall. The Blarney Castle is very tall. And they want to push you down and have you kiss the stone that's underneath, like, the the railing of the castle. But Ireland was really good. It's an English-speaking country, so I didn't have to learn any languages offhand or bring a book or anything. Because everybody spoke English, so there was, you know, I didn't have to worry about, like, not being able to communicate with people. I just, like I said before, you have to articulate and come out clear on what you want to say to people because if you don't if you kind of just fall back into your uh, your usual mannerisms and stuff sometimes things get lost because they just don't understand and i think this is a big thing too i tried not to use any slang any american slang when i was over there because that would really confuse some people but ireland was really good and i looked up things to do and not to do and you know be respectful and stuff but i think ireland was a very successful trip and i i do want to go back so does anybody yeah that's awesome dude it's it's awesome and uh you know obviously i had the same professor he's really great he's um so i can only imagine how much of a fun time you had with him 
He he's really great, and you know he does know a lot about the sport of hurling. And we didn't get to watch any Gaelic football. I really that's kind of the one thing I really want to go back to do is just watch a Gaelic football match in person. But we got to see two hurling matches, so I think it kind of worked out that way. But you know our professor was great. We also had another professor who ran the sociology. Uh, part of the class for those who wanted to take it as a sociology course, and yeah, and he's he's also a really cool person. He's I met him too. Really he's awesome. cool. Like he he's they're both very good international travelers. So like uh, the, my professor has traveled all the way to India and stuff before, and it's really cool because he talked about like all that traveling and stuff, and then it's like traveling to Ireland is not really like as extreme as I thought it was gonna be because I've never prior to that trip i've only flown once and it was up from florida to new york and that was like two and a half hours and i like i said before i'm afraid of heights so being up in the plane in the window seat from my first time flying by myself was not really a smart decision yeah yeah the, the flights the long flights definitely uh take a lot of energy out of you but uh, that's definitely the worst part of the trips for sure is, <laughs> is just the, the flight getting there and the anticipation of coming back home you know and that's really a big thing is like, you know, that, that part. But when you're there, you're there. You're not worried about that at all. But I, Ireland was really exactly. good. Ireland was very good. You know, the people were super friendly towards us. Like, they could tell from a mile away that we were Americans. And I, somebody in our group actually asked them, how do they know that we're Americans before we even speak to anybody? And they say, if you if you're wearing pants... And you look at the ankles of the pants, you can tell they're American because our jeans are cut wider. So the ankles are meant to be wider so they could fit over boots so we can go and mine and stuff. And it was very weird because I got home more pair of jeans and I tested it over some winter boots and I realized they fit over the boots perfectly. Huh, that's very interesting that they, they, they would notice such a little detail like that. They they just know too, and also Americans wear shorts, but like cargo shorts, so they can tell by that too. Yeah, that'd be me. I wear shorts all the time. <laughs> you wear nothing but cargo shorts sometimes, depending on the week. It's like pretty it's much, yeah. Unless I have to go out to work, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I wear is shorts. That's pretty much it. And I I didn't bring. I brought like one pair of shorts to Ireland too, because like I looked ahead and I'm like, oh, there's a chance it might be like eighty degrees, so I'll bring it for that one day, and I did. Yeah. And did, that that worked out pretty good. Did you learn any like Irish slang just um when you travel? Because sometimes you learn like different words, like especially if the country speaks the same language, but some words are there, different. Like in the UK, "fanny" means something else, but here it just means but. The but. the thing about the Irish is that they were under British occupation for so long that some of their some of their terminology is somewhere to the UK because they were under their control for so long. Yeah. Uh, the, the way they say certain lo- words, like uh, the way is, I noticed this specifically with this number, 33 means 33. Like that, that's how they say 33. That was something I, I picked up. Like, so like, you know, when people are like, how do Irish people sound? And I'm like, well, we'll say 33. And that means 33. And I heard that quite a bit. And I'm like, okay. So the the way they said certain things too, there's other words that they said that like sound way more different. Like they called potato spuds most of the time. Uh, It's very interesting. I never heard of that before. They're like, they're like, they'll say potatoes because we're Americans, but they're like, I'm like, oh, this comes with a side of spuds. They're like, yeah, potatoes. And I'm like, oh yeah, I would love some potatoes with that. The other thing, too, people don't always realize is that, you know, people associate Ireland with potatoes. And I do have to say they do like potatoes, but they don't they're not obsessed with them. Some, huh. some people think they're that very obsessed with potatoes, because if you actually study the history of the Irish potato famine, the reason that happened was because the British was taking all the other food besides potatoes and exporting it to their rich. And then, oh, gotcha. and then the potato famine happened because they had a bad year of potato, like a bad few years of potatoes. 
So, and I learned all this over there too. Like I learned it before, but then they really got into details about it. They're like, if the British weren't stealing our resources, taking it back over to Britain, there would have never been a potato famine. Well, it's, it's interesting to see that, you know, they have such revisionist history on things. Well, you know, like you, the, you kind of learn one version of history, but then that was really a big thing over there was kind of like allowing yourself to like unlearn the Americanized history or even a Britainized history of Ireland. Cause, right, uh, right, right. Because uh, there's a very famous British person with the last name Cornwall. And anytime you mention Cornwall, like good Irish people are supposed to spit and say, damn him. Yep, I've heard of that before. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's funny because you know we tested it. We tested it in a pub, and it worked too. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, I know. I've heard of that before. It, it's the funniest thing. We just uh, some guys like yeah, we learned about the Cornwall today, and the bar, and the waitress, and the waiter. No, it was a waitress. It was a different. This is the right one. This was what the one in Waterford, and they were like, "Damn him!" and they spit on the ground. And I'm like, "Okay, so it it not only works, it works very well." Yeah, that's very funny. <laughs> that's a kind of a cultural thing that you learn. It's like you know Ireland. You know, you know they're very nice people, but you know if you screw them over, they will never forget. Uh yeah, it sounds awesome. <laughs> I, I have a question, Zach. And- yes. So Ireland, as globally, they have a reputation about their food. Yep. How was the food in Ireland? Did you try like, you know, traditional Irish dishes? Like, did you have like any haggis stuff like that? Haggis is more of a Scottish thing. Oh. Yeah, wow. yeah. That that that's Scotland. We, we, uh, nobody was wearing kilts and playing golf. I'm sorry. <laughs> The people got mixed up. But, you know, okay. I I tried every local thing that I could. Literally, we found a bunch of restaurants. Like, the first day we were there, we walked around uh, with groups and stuff. And then we literally just, like, pointed out places we wanted to go try. The thing people don't realize about pubs, pubs in Ireland are not just, like, for drinking. A lot of them serve food, too. They're, it's very... Yeah, it's yeah, it's not, cool. They have a kitchen. They close the kitchen at a certain point, and then it becomes a like a more of a bar, and that's kind of a big difference between the U.S. and there because it's like if we have a bar and grill over here, fine, but there's no different. Uh, there's no defining factor between the bar and the grill, you know, that because that's how we promote restaurants and stuff. A pub during the day will have the kitchen open from like eleven to like eight p.m. And then the kitchen will be done. And then by the time it's nine o'clock over there, they will have the bars, the pubs ready for people to go in. But I gotta nice. say, oh, excuse me. I gotta say though, Ireland has a very, very good selection. Most of the pubs we went to had a very good selection of locally made or European imported stuff. I almost saw no American imports over there. But some of their stuff is really good. Like, there was three different apple ciders I tried, and they were all so good, so you could interchange which ones you wanted. Hmm. That sounds really good. Apples? They have a thing for, uh... I don't want to say they have a thing for apples, but there was, like, three different apple ciders, and they were available in almost every pub we went to. And this was in multiple cities, too. It wasn't just Waterford. You know, it was available over in Galway, Kilkenny, Wexford. Like, we went all over the place. And I, I do at some point do want to do more in-depth about Ireland because there are some stories I want to tell, but, you know, we don't have enough time for all that. So is there any <laughs> final questions about Ireland? No, I, I think I'm good. I, you you hit a lot of uh, very interesting points, and it definitely sounds a really, a really interesting place I'd like to see you someday. I apologize for mixing up a food. <laughs> and but, you, you, you're fine. It happens. And, I'm, I'm a dumb American. That's my excuse. Yes, that's your excuse. So, moving on to the last topic for today. We just want to talk briefly about dream destinations. Where do we want to go in the world? 
Um, who wants to kick that one off? Uh, I can. Real quick. Um, I would maybe like to go to Norway. I was supposed to go, but um, for school, like Zach went to Ireland, but that kind of got shut down. That got very much canceled. Got very much canceled. A dream I've always said is Australia. I don't know why I'm just obsessed with Australia. And then I would like to go to Germany, but for personal reason, I would like to go to Auschwitz. That's um, in that's in Poland, but I understand. Well, yeah. Oh. Damn it! I, Your geography is a little bit off. Don't worry. We'll talk after the show. I'm very good at <laughs> geography. Well, I have. You know, I I have a lot of skills. Geography was never one. Um, <laughs> But no, I want to go to Auschwitz, and the reason is my grandfather, he um, he was in Auschwitz, uh, and he always wanted to go back after, and he never got the chance to, so I feel like that would be a good way to honor his memory and what he went through as a Holocaust survivor. Yeah, that's almost, I don't want to call it a pilgrimage, but it, it, it's kind of like, it is in a way, to kind of, you know, revisit what happened. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's crazy. That's wow. why Jewish people and I got to. I eventually want to is to do birthright. Yeah, I, I had the chance to do that. I might do it with my sister. We're both age now, so yeah, you're you're both of age now. It it it, it will be a very sombering experience because anybody who I've talked to who's gone to Auschwitz says it's very sombering, and none of them were Jewish, so it has to add an extra value for you guys to go. I mean, yeah, like, I've seen the tattoo he had for being in Auschwitz. We know his number by heart. We know the letter next to his number. Uh, it, it, it's harrowing to talk about, but it also needs to be talked about, and I would like to do that for it, him. In terms of talking about it, it is very much, I don't want to call it a necessary evil, but it is, because, you know, we have to keep talking about what happened. For sure, because, you know, we got to make sure that we don't repeat those things ever again. Exactly, yeah. that's that's the point so i hope one day you're able to do it um definitely not anytime soon but i'm hoping you know sooner than later upbeat vacation after i graduate (laughs) yeah and i feel bad about norway because i know you're excited about that one too and it was supposed to be a very interesting study abroad trip so you know you know it was supposed to be very interesting and i feel bad i was was very very excited i was talking to your guys you're off about it you were that literally every day, one day closer to Norway, one day closer to Norway, and then it's like COVID nineteen. It's like no more Norway. <laughs> Big sad time. <laughs> I got, I got yelled about at COVID while I was already on a different trip. Oh, that's just... that's right. You were in Los Angeles, and you guys had to bail early out yeah, of your did. thing out there. Yeah, we were. I was trying to get some connections at a conference, so we went to Warner Brothers Hol- Hollywood Walk of Fame, and we ditched. <laughs> uh. I want to move over to Justin. Justin, is there any dream destinations you want to go to? Yeah, I guess I real quick. I, well, I'd love to go back to Japan someday. Uh, there was such it was there's so many things I didn't get a chance to do. I'd love to be able to to visit again and and, and see some stuff for sure. Uh, or see yeah, see more stuff than than I did um, with more time and just go on a uh, on a fun trip. So that's definitely on the list and. Um, the other thing on the list, too, is I definitely want to see uh, New Zealand. My brother went there, and, and he absolutely loved it. So I would definitely love to see New Zealand and also Australia at some point. I think those places would be really fun to visit, uh, hopefully in the future, when we all are, um, you know, COVID-19 goes away, whenever that is. Um, that would definitely be something that would interest me to do. That's definitely very interesting to go into because a lot of people don't talk about going to australia sometimes because they're like oh it's so far away why would i do that I'm like because it's australia it's pretty cool yeah it's it's there's a lot of interesting things there and a lot of, a lot of things i would want to see because i had a teacher in, in college who was from australia and told me all about it and it it seemed very fascinating so i'd love to just go for some time and check it out i had the same professor his first year he was at school and he, he talked about it. We always had questions. Oh, really? About it. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I thought I told you that, but, you know, it, it was a. You might have, but I probably forgot it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I do want to go to Australia. Like, if I go down to Australia, I'm going for like a month so I can also go to New Zealand, too. Because those are two yes, countries yes. I'm very interested in going and seeing. Yep, th- exactly. So those are probably my two on my list. Uh, they are on my list, but I'm going to wait 
and save up a lot more money to do those trips. I'm nowhere near ready to do any of these. Yeah, trips, I don't. Know, I don't know when I'm gonna do a trip next either. Uh, I'm put it this way. I'm not even trying to leave my house right now. So <laughs> you know, you know, I'm, I'm still staying inside. So uh, in terms of a trip, I don't know when that's gonna be, but when that time comes, I'm looking forward to. I think we're talking doing something. Yeah, this is all very much hypothetical until we can start moving around again. But I think yes, for sure. But I think for me, I do want to go back to Ireland, but I want to go with family members because we do have a lot of Irish heritage and we've been able to figure out where some of it's come from. So I I do want to take them over there and, you know, go to each county and, you know, figure out where our ancestors came from and stuff. The other places I want to go to, I'm moving back towards North America. I do want to go to Canada. Like, I haven't been to Canada. Ooh, me too. Yeah, that'd be cool. I literally jumped the gun in terms of uh, international experience because a lot of people, when they first get their passport, a lot of people I know, they go to Canada. But I'm like, nah, let me go across the pond first. Just make sure it really works, you know? <laughs> I, right. I, right. I went to Canada. Well, you were there when my parents came up for my birthday, Zach. Yeah, we were, like, I remember I, they kidnapped you to go to Canada. Like, we invited, like, everybody and only person i didn't have a passport at the time if i had a passport i would have gone you yeah you definitely got it we were just like randomly like you know we're going to canada in like two hours because i i turned 19 justin i'll be real i wanted a jersey (laughs) i I don't drive so i i told my parents "Why why don't we go to a bar together and they took me to a bar and it was fun but yeah i had been to canada when i was like eight also for Niagara Falls, and then I went for 19. And I went during um, my birthday weekend, which always falls on like around Veterans Day. Okay. Don't go to on Veterans Day. It's closed. That's the one tip. <laughs> <laughs> closed on Veterans Day. There was nothing to do. Like everything was closed. But that's my tip if you go to Canada. So don't do Veterans Day weekend. Just like before, do your homework. Um, just to kind of round out this i do want to go down into the caribbean i want to go to jamaica at some point and maybe puerto rico too Ooh, that'd be cool yeah uh, but also japan's on the list uh you know I, it's not like i'm opposed to going within the united states but you know like i do at some point i do want to go to california but you know we'll wait and see um yeah california's cool yeah i think in terms of internationally, there's not a lot of places, but then again, if someone tells me about something really cool or a really cool trip, I'm never against it, because I know my grandma wants to go over over down into Africa and go on one of those safari tours and go see like some of the animals of Africa up close and personal, and I think that'd be a really cool tour to go on to, and I think I would jump on that without even thinking twice about it. Oh, wow. So she, I'm just, cool. I'm just a person who loves to travel, so well, I'm yeah. always down. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, after traveling to Ireland, and I realized I'm like I like traveling, but you know I have to just pick out my trips carefully. Yeah, absolutely. So that's all the time that we got for this episode. Thank you all for listening so much, and uh, thank you, Justin, for coming on to the podcast today. And like I mentioned, oh, no problem. Thanks for having me on. And we'll have you back on again. Don't worry. You know, we'll we'll get more into the stuff that you're more familiar with, which you do a lot of on your podcast of Generation Zen. Do you want to plug that really quick? Sure. Yeah, I host a, uh, a, a podcast myself. It's called Generation Zen. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Generation Zen with an underscore, and you can find us on Instagram at Generation Zen with two underscores because. I don't know why, but it was taken already, so we had to put two underscores. Uh, and we're, we're on Spotify, you know, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. We're also on YouTube, and we do a live show now um, pretty much every Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern time where we kind of uh, – it's a more laid-back show with me and a couple of my closest friends, and we kind of just talk about, you know, gaming news and tech news and whatever else, and we have we have a chat, um, and it's – you know, we interact with the, with the live chat. It's, it's a fun time, so – uh, you know, if you want to check it out, if you like what you listen to, uh, that'd be cool. I also like to give a shout out to your episodes with Tommy Tallarico and Dreamcast guy. Those were really good oh, yes. episodes. The thank you. Those were really good episodes. The Tommy Tallarico is two parts, but it's for, it's worth listening to both parts. 
if you want to hear more in the video game industry, he has a lot of experience in the Amico. Sounds like a great console coming out soon. So. Yeah, t- Tommy. Tommy is a really cool guy. Um, you know, he's got a he's got a very interesting product coming out. I don't know how well it's necessarily going to do on the market, but uh, you know, the Intellivision Amico is definitely catered to a very unique audience, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do. And you know, you know, he's got some challenges up ahead, but he's got a really strong team back behind him of a lot of industry uh, leading veterans. So if, if you want to hear more about that, you can listen to that. And then Dreamcast guy, he's a really popular YouTuber. He's got over, I think, 180,000 subscribers now. And we had him on the show, and we asked him about his gaming, his, you know, how we got into, how we got into the gaming industry, how he, how we got into YouTube, and and some of the uh, interesting things, how gaming overcame some of his hardships in his life. It was really interesting, and he's a great person. I definitely agree with that. So again, Justin, thank you for coming on. We'll make sure to put links in the description. But that oh, is... no problem. Thanks again for having me. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, but that's all the time we have. So thank you so much for listening. Now, say bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Adios. Now I don't have Hannah to yell at at the there end of the show. Who am I going to yell at now that Hannah's not here? Go for me. I messed S- up. S- yeah. Sarah, Haggis is not an Irish thing. It's very uh, much Scottish. Mm. Only the Scottish would make something like Haggis. Well, the Irish have blood pudding. Mm-hmm. They do, but, you know, like, I wasn't offered any blood pudding, so I blame...